Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, pastor of mission and worship here at LNPC, and this is a Pillar and Ground confession episode. In our confession episodes, we seek to understand and apply the truths in our Westminster Confession of Faith. And if you have been with us for the episodes so far this fall, you'll uh, remember that we're doing a new format uh, this fall. So Brian and I are doing these together. So I'm also joined today by Brian Salter, our lead pastor. Welcome, Brian. Good to be here. And we are continuing our discussion today in chapter nine of the Confession of Free Will. And we're moving on to paragraphs four and five of that. So Brian, I may just get you to read yeah. four and then we can jump in. Yeah, let's do that. And just to remind us, we're really talking about the fourfold state of man. Uh, the two Previous states have already been covered. Uh, the state of our creation, and we were created in the state of the fall. And uh, now we're in the state of grace, and we'll look at the state of glory. So 9.4 deals with the state of grace, and it says, and I'm reading from the modern English version, when God converts a sinner and brings him into the state of grace, he frees him from his natural bondage to sin. And by his grace alone, he enables him freely to will and to do what is spiritually good. Yet because of his remaining corruption, he does not perfectly nor only will what is good, but also wills what is evil. Yeah, so as we move into 9.4, we're making a little bit of a transition in that discussion of the mm-hmm. fourfold state. And so talking about man, as, as God brings a sinner into the state of grace, what changes? So I guess, Brian, just as we start, what kind of, where do you want to start with this section? What jumps out to you? Well, it jumps out, and, and I love the um, sort of the old English in 9-4 where it says, he freeth him, mm-hmm. you know, he frees him. Um, that's really the nature of the state of grace is we're set free. Uh, we learned in the state of the fall that the bondage of our will was to love evil and sin, and we had a free will. It just was enslaved uh, to want evil. And really, um, interestingly, the confession doesn't have a chapter on regeneration. Yeah. But this is it. Yes. Uh, and it follows that because of the Ordo Salutis in Romans 8, those he predestined, he calls. Hmm. And so that calling, effectual calling is what this chapter uh, is about, is that that calling is regeneration, that through regeneration, God sets us free to will what is good. And how does he do that? He gives us a new heart. Uh, it says in Jeremiah 33, 33, I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And Ezekiel 36 says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. And so that free will that was always turned against God now is able to will what is pleasing to God. The will of man, as we've talked in previous episodes, is always determined freely from within. Hmm. It is never forced from without. And so the good news of the gospel is God has to change us on the inside. Hmm. And he gives us a new will with a new heart. So he frees us, as the confession says, from this natural bondage to sin. And then by his grace, he enables us freely to will. Notice that freely. It's not a violation of the free will. It's a change of the heart, but it's not a violation of our will. And so we've talked about the state of 
uh, fourfold state and the state of grace. We mentioned some of those Latin phrases so thoroughly and so well. And we we just did, <laughs> and I've been working on my Latin for the last couple of weeks. I think it's down pretty good. You now. got it now. There are two aspects to the state of grace, and we're dealing with the first one here, and it's posse non pecare, able not to sin. Mm. We're Which talk- is new. That's new. Yeah, uh, because previously. We were able to sin, able not to sin mm-hmm. in creation. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess it's not new in the sense that it, we are returning to now we are able not to sin. In the, in yeah. the fall, we weren't able not That's to right. sin. That's right. That, that non passe, non picare. Now we've got, we've returned back to, in some ways, what uh, what Adam had, able to sin, able not to That's right. Well, to and the confessional go in the second half of 9.4 to that uh, able also to sin. Right. Um, which is a problem. Um, but how, how did this happen? Well, it really is emphasizing God. God converts. God brings. God frees by grace alone. And so it is a, a total work of God to set our will now unto God mm. and give us that freedom. Yeah, and I think this, I mean, we're going to see this even more in chapter 10 on the effectual calling piece, but just to reemphasize that point you made about this is not a robotic thing. We are not, Mm -hmm. our wills are not being um, subverted. They're being renewed. God is giving, is giving us, he is renewing our will so that it might be able to will towards the good. He is changing our, our nature. Um, And that's really, really powerful so that we are now freely able to will the good, which we were not able to do before. And there's, there's such good news because uh, when you read Paul in Romans six fourteen say, sin shall not be your master, mm-hmm. that's really good news because mm-hmm. in the fall, sin is our master. We're enslaved freely, freely. Our will freely chooses sin and evil because of the fall. But with regeneration, I love that he enables him freely to will and to do what is spiritually good so that things like Titus 2 are true. Mm-hmm. Um, the grace of God teaches us to say no. Yeah. Well, I, like I can finally say no. Right. To ungodliness, worldly passions, or Second Peter 1, because I've been regenerated and a new spirit's been put in me. His divine power has given me everything I need. For life and godliness, it is powerful. I mean, the different the way the scriptures use different images and metaphors. You think about Paul, even in Romans eight, of using that language of "you have not received the spirit of fear, spirit of slavery, to yes. fall back into fear, but the spirit of adoption as sons." Like, yes, that's a that's an image of this as well. That we in our in the old man, we were slaves in fear, and now we are sons. Yes. There's a powerful difference in what God has done uh, in us. Uh, yeah. By changing changing our wills. Absolutely. Well, I know that moves. So you mentioned a minute ago that we are free now to will what is good, which we were not able to after mm-hmm. the fall. But there's still a little bit, things are not as good as they could be. We're they not, are not. Because we are still also, the confession makes clear here that we're free to will what is evil. So will you talk yeah. a little bit about that? I mean, that may be surprising to some people. If we're free to de- do what's spiritually good, what does that mean when we see a believer sin? Should we be surprised by that? Yeah, and the answer is concerning being surprised when a believer sins. No. Right. Because the state of grace involves these two things, able not to sin and able to sin. And the confession says, because of his remaining corruption, 
He does not perfectly nor only will what is good, but also wills what is evil. And so, yes, we are able to obey, but not perfectly. Right. uh, Because the old nature is not gone. The new heart resides in the old man. Mm. I think Galatians 5.17 points to that. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to each other. And so I think it's really interesting Romans is fascinating, mm-hmm. the logic of Paul mm-hmm. and how he'll say one thing and then you think, well, that must mean this. And he's right. like, well, no, it actually doesn't mean that. We talked about that in a previous episode of Romans 9. He could say, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy. In Romans 10, he says, go preach the gospel. Right. And we go, how does the, how do those two work? So Romans 6, he says, sin shall not be your master. Right. In the very next chapter, he describes this awful tension. Yes. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I do for what I do is not the good I want to do. And the evil I do not want to do this. I keep on doing. Yeah. And you're like, but I thought you said sin shall not be your master. (laughs) Sounds like he's kind of in charge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, this state of grace has to be understood really as a war. Yeah. A fight. Right. Um, there's not a lot of rest. Right. You know, I, I find when believers in their old age, they're ready to go home because they're Mm. just tired of the fight. Mm -hmm. This tension of I'm able to sin Mm -hmm. and I'm able not to sin. Mm -hmm. And it feels like war and I just want to go home. I'm tired. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, there's various ways of uh, various language that's helpful here when we think about sin within us in the state of grace the power of sin really has been broken, yes. but the presence of sin really remains. That's it's right. still there. You know, we've both probably used the sermon illustrations of the, you know, after D-Day in World War II. That's right. The war is effectively over. Like once they get past the beach, once they start moving in, in effect, everyone knows this is done. Mm-hmm. But the Germans are not fighting like it's over. And, you know, they're still fighting like they're hanging on for dear yes. life. They're still trying to do as much damage as they can. The enemy, the evil one, knows the war is lost, right? When Jesus rose from the dead, when he rose from the grave, he put death to death. It's over. Like, Mm -hmm. it is finished. When he said that on the cross, it it was done. But the devil's not fighting like it's it's over. He's Mm going to do as much damage as he possibly can, and we still have indwelling sin. The flesh is also doing that. The world is also doing Mm. that. And so we are still in a fight. the battle is won, but the war in some ways is not completely over. And so we as Christians are to continue to labor day by day to put our sin to death. Yes. Uh, the, the spirit dwells in, I mean, to go back to Romans 8 is such a rich chapter on all of this. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the language of not living according to the flesh, but living according to the to spirit. To the spirit, that's right. Uh, if you, you know, if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body... You'll live. So there's the spirit-filled dependence uh, as we do this. But there's an assumption there. You're going to have to keep fighting. It's a fight. And and just as we should not be surprised at sin in the life of the believer because of the state of grace, we also should be surprised when there is a lack of righteousness in the believer. Yes. Because of the state of grace, the spirit right. that you just talked about yeah. is given to us. And yes. so... Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, Paul's emphasis is you're going to put off unrighteousness and put on righteousness. Right. They, he has the hope that you can put it on. Mm. He has the reality that you got to put it off, what's unrighteous. And so 
the Christian life is like an agonizing, perpetual changing of clothes. Mm. Like I am always having to change clothes, mm. put off that sinful stuff, put on righteousness. And I'm not talking about like in the morning, mm-hmm. like all day long right? for all of life. Yeah. And we should be thankful for a new heart. I don't, I don't know that we really sometimes fully believe the state of grace, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Right. I think we, we should be more surprised when we fail to see growing righteousness. Yes. Um, well, and because of everything we've looked at in the confession so far, even in this section, of yeah. it is him that's doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For, it is, for God is at work within you, to willing yeah. to do for his good pleasure. Yeah. Philippians 1, he who began a good work in you is going to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We should be surprised if we don't see some righteousness in the believer because God is at work. Yeah. And he always finishes what he starts. And so if we're not seeing you grow in righteousness, like he can't fail. So something's mm-hmm. got to be off there. Yeah. So that's 9 4. Um, why don't we move to, to 9 5? Will you read that next? Yeah, 9 section? 5 is, is very brief uh, in terms of chapter 9, but boy, it's good. Mm. It's good news. <laughs> Uh, The will of man is made perfectly and unchangeably free to do good alone, only in the state of glory. Yeah, so here we're coming in to that final, it's it's referencing that day we're looking forward to, that final change in that fourfold state of man where we go in to the state of glory. You said it's good news. Talk to us Mm. a little bit about it. Just non posse pacare. There we go. If you want Mark your a vision cards, for people. your life, <laughs> non posse pacare, not able to sin. Mm. What will that be like? Mm. I, I, perfectly and immutably, that's the original language, free to do good alone. Mm-hmm. Immutably free. What a great two words. Yeah. Meaning that state will never change. Right. It doesn't mean that we become immutable. That's a, a trait of God alone. It means that our state now is immutable. Mm-hmm. When glory comes, mm-hmm. it's forever. And in that state, there's freedom to do good alone. First uh, John 3, 2, when he appears, we'll be like him. We'll see him as he is. And so, man, the state of glory uh, is not just deliverance from the power of sin, but deliverance from, as you mentioned, the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. See, we're... We're delivered from the power of sin in the state of grace, but the presence remains mm. in glory. Mm. Sin's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine no inclination whatsoever to do or love anything wicked or evil? Mm. Can you imagine a life full of neighbors that have no inclination to do anything evil or wicked? Mm-hmm. That is our immutable state forever in the state of glory. Mm. It's just when you face the uh, weariness of this world and the sin and the brokenness, we have a sure and certain hope of what's coming. And it is, it should make us very hungry. Right. Not just to leave this world. No, we need to do good while we're here, but we make us hungry for glory. Mm. Well, you just think about it. It's every, every good thing in this life that we love untainted by the world, the flesh and the devil, like every good and perfect gift, you know, everything that God has given us, but there's none of the, the dross. It's all been burned away. Mm. It is pure gold. Um, you think of just not having to come and confess our sin to each other anymore. Cause we're yeah. not sinning anymore. Like just to have mm. 
only the purest of intentions, only the purest of hearts, to live in a perpetual state of of worship and glory, and to think about what life will be like. I mean, that God is making a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. That we're going to be, we're not going to sit on a cloud somewhere forever. We're going to live life in the renewed creation. Like that this place without the fall, everything sad, come untrue, all of that good stuff. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, in the Revelation Revelation 21, 22, uh, reading that this morning, like the sea was no more. What does that mean? Well, the sea was where it was believed that the enemy lived, the darkness, the The chaos waters. waters. Um, I don't believe it means there'll be no waters. There's a river there in (laughs) Jerusalem. No beaches, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But what it does mean is no more evil Mm. one threatening us. Every tear wiped away, death no more. Revelation 21, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. I I love 2125. Its gates will never be shut. City gates never shut again. And you... You see this in the Lord of the Rings, right? When they shut the gates, it's because there's war coming. Right. Uh, it's why you lock your doors at night. Um, can you imagine living with no fear? Think about our children at night, sometimes mm. afraid. Mm-hmm. No fear, no war, no tragedy. I, I know I fear tragedy. Yeah. No fear of tragedy. I, I fear it more. I've just sent a kid to college, and every day I think, Lord, just mm-hmm. guarding. You know, but no more fear, no more attacks. No longer will there be anything accursed. I think about work without thorns. Um, <laughs> yeah. Relationships without conflict. Yeah. Um, it, the state of glory is where we're going. And uh, boy, it's a good hope. That's good. It's good. Good news. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, chapter nine. Any kind of final thoughts for you on just on free will? Well, I just, I do think that it's, um, again, we've talked about this. The divines are, rather brilliant how they laid this out because the fourfold state of man sets us up to go right into historical redemption. Right. And that's where we're going next with a factual calling. So I'm, I just continue to be very impressed and and thankful for how God led them. Amen. Well, we will uh, join you next time as we move on to uh, chapter 10. And as Brian mentioned, we start to move into uh, the different aspects of, of salvation and beginning with chapter 10 on uh, effectual calling. So we will join you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you will join us for that episode and for all the future ones.